0: Hey, Heritage family. It's so good to connect together in this way. We're so glad that you are interacting with great opportunities for worship, connecting with one another, with God, with your purpose. And our prayer is that as we step into this next conversation around our At The Movies series, that you have a great encounter with Jesus in the fullness of who he is. As we're talking through At The Movies, it makes me wonder what your favorite movie is. We'd love for you to share with us what that is by going to our Facebook page, You'll see a special opportunity where you can interact with us and let us know what your favorite movie is to watch or interact with a family. For me, my favorite movie kind of depends on who I'm sitting with. If I'm by myself, there's nothing that beats The Shawshank Redemption. If I'm sitting with my wife, we are probably going to be watching The Princess Bride. I love to watch her watch The Princess Bride. It's awesome. And if I'm with my kids, it's probably whatever the most recent talking animal movie is. What that reminds me of is that how we interact with the stories around us, with the stories that we watch, really changes based on who we're encountering them with. So it's our prayer and our hope that as you walk the story of your life this week, that we would do it together and you'd experience all kinds of great and wonderful things with us and us with you. Now, I invite you to go ahead and press in as we declare the goodness of God and the reality that He alone can rewrite our stories as we sing together. So press in with us.
1: That I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven Yeah, my praise belongs to you forever This is my testimony from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Yeah. Come together, sons and daughters, with blood and wash with water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God We'll finish what He started Yeah, our God We'll finish what He started This is my testimony From death to life Cause grace rewrote my story i am testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony Good. Jesus Christ the Righteous
2: As we go through life, it can be just a little too easy to figure out just how worthy of our praise and our love Jesus is. We can start to look for the kind of love only God can offer in all sorts of wrong places. We desperately look for it in relationships with other imperfect people, or try to fill the void of it with shopping habits or gaming or an endless list of experiences, items, substances and everything else that can never compare to the pure and precious love of God. Before we head into this week's message, I'd like to invite you to join me in praying through Psalm 146 as we praise our God who is worthy and whose love is better than anything we can envision for ourselves. Would you pray with me? Hallelujah, praise the Lord my innermost being will praise you lord i will spend my life praising you and singing high praises to you my god every day of my life we can never look to men for help no matter who they are they can't save us for even our great leaders will fail and fall they too are just mortals who will one day die at death the spirits of All depart, and their bodies return to dust. In the day of their death, all their projects and plans are over. But those who hope in the Lord will be happy and pleased. Our help comes from the God of Jacob. You keep all your promises. You are the creator of heaven's glory, Earth's grandeur, and the ocean's greatness. The oppressed get justice with you. The hungry are satisfied with you. Prisoners find freedom with you. You open the eyes of the blind and you fully restore those bent over with shame. You love those who love and honor you. You watch over strangers and immigrants and support the fatherless and widows. You subvert the plans of the ungodly. Lord, you will reign forever. Zion's God will rule throughout time and eternity. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
3: say love requires risk, that it can be scary. I say, every day you walk out your door, drive to work, and pour a cup of coffee, you're taking a risk. It's about whether or not you think the task is worth the risk. But that's the thing. You don't know what will happen.
4: Good morning, Heritage. Woo! Can we thank the team for doing that? That's just awesome. <laughs> I, I leaned over to Josh, and I thought, man, if someone walked in the door today for the first time, they kind of had this thought in the back of their mind, I wonder if this is a hymn singing church. <sighs> and then we did that. That was just like crazy. That's awesome. Hey, it's great to be with you. Uh, you're doing well this morning. You having a Good morning. Are you ready to jump into uh, what I think the Holy Spirit wants to say to us? Uh, If Heritage is not your home church, we just want to say welcome. If this is your first time here, we just want to say this is a a safe place for you to find out about this God who just is absolutely, amazingly in love with you and wants to be connected with you. And uh, my name is Chris and I have the privilege of serving kind of as an um, interim senior pastor here. And uh, why don't we, uh, you don't need it, but I need it. Why don't we pray really quickly then we'll get into what I think God wants to say to us, Okay. Here we go. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you that we can have fun in church. Thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, God, that you are a God of joy. And you're also a God that deeply wants to speak into our hearts and lives. So would you speak to us, I pray, in the next few minutes. Help, help us, God, to open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits to what you want to say. As a matter of fact, and I'm not going to try and freak you out, people of heritage. Not at all. But would you do me a favor, just in prayer. I mean, we're still praying, but would you do me a favor, just... Uh, Stick your hands out just in front of you, palms up, and again, no one's looking around, it's just between you and God, nothing crazy, strange is going to happen, but Holy Spirit, we just say through this physical posture that we want to hear from you. We want everything you've got for us in the next few minutes, we pray, because you're an amazing God who gives good gifts to his kids. So speak now, we pray, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. awesome, so here we go, uh, I want you to think of a modern convenience that you love. I I don't care, it might be a microwave, it it might be a a phone, like, I don't know about you, but I I love smartphones. I love the fact that Google Maps is on there. As a matter of fact, Google Maps has saved more marriages than just about anything else, Uh, because now if we get lost, we have someone to blame, and it's not the other person in the car right? We can actually blame Google Maps. Maps. I, I, I love that we can buy things off our phone. We can watch television. We can watch sports on our phone. It's great. It's a modern convenience that, that we all think of. Some of you have a Roomba, like, you know, the vacuum cleaner that you just kind of program, and then it does the whole house for you, or at least a portion of your house, and that's really cool. Some of you have a Vitamix. We happen to have one of those. We have a Vitamix. And you just throw all kinds of things in there, and whoop, all of a sudden, a smoothie comes out, you know? It's a, it's a really cool thing. Uh, so I think we're all awesome with. I, I think we like modern conveniences. Now, how many of you got here in a car today? How many of you got here in a car? Okay, uh, no horse and buggy people here today. Okay, so we actually like the convenience of a car, and and cars are great when we're use when we use them in the way that they're designed and in- engineered to be used. I don't know how many of you saw this. A, co- a couple years ago, there was. Um, uh, a very famous YouTube, uh, this little—I don't know—sketch. It wasn't a sketch; it's a real-life thing. Of three people that are sitting in a car behind a yellow Lamborghini, and they're at a traffic light, and they're sitting there and they're talking to each other about this yellow Lamborghini that's stuck at this light. And finally, after you know, they're waiting and waiting and waiting, waiting, finally the light turns green, and the guy who's driving this brand-new $300,000 Lamborghini. He, go, he starts going around the corner. He's turning left. He starts going around the corner, and he punches it before he's actually like straight, and the car fishtails, and he crashes his car between two other cars. A brand new Lamborghini absolutely crashed, right? Now, here's the thing. I think, you know, if you're sitting there, and you're behind it, those, I mean, again, you ought to go home and just look that up. Uh, it's viral. You can watch it on YouTube. Now, now, the thing is, is that when we use something the way that it was designed to be used, like if you put that thing on a racetrack, man, you can have all kinds of fun. But if we use modern conveniences in a way that they weren't, first, if you use a curling iron as something to stir your coffee with, that's probably not going to work all that well, Right? You take your Apple Watch off and you stir up, because I don't do coffee. I know you think that I, I'm, I'm hyped up on Red Bull, but I actually I don't drink caffeine very much at all. Uh, this is just the way I came out of my mother's womb. Again, you need to pray for my mom. She's still alive. You still need to pray for her. But, but you know, if I take my Apple Watch off and I start using it to stir up my hot chocolate, which is actually what I like, then, you know, that, th- that's going to cause a problem. If you use a jackhammer to get the ice off of your sidewalk in the winter, that's probably not going to bid well for you. And, and the, why am I talking about that? Because here's the thing. If we use something the way that it was engineered to be used, it can be awesome. If we don't use it in the way it was engineered to be used, it can be really difficult, even bad sometimes. And the reason I bring that up is because God has beautifully engineered and designed this whole universe around his desire to be in relationship with you. You know, God has planned for you. God deeply desires to be in relationship with you. God has a unique plan for your life. He knows every hair on the top of your head, which used to be significant for me, but it's becoming less and less so over the years. He knows every tear that you have shed. God knows every thought that you've had. God deeply desires to be in relationship with you. And if we do life the way that he has engineered us to do life, oh, man, it can be awesome. And one of the ways that he wants to bless your life is through relationships. He he wants to bless your life through relationships. But here's the deal. God wants us, he created us, to be in relationship with him first. Jesus died to to make a way for us to be in a relationship with him. Jesus went to a cross to get rid of all the sin, all the junk, all the stuff that was hindering our relationship with God, all the stuff that was blocking our relationship with God. And then, and now, as a result of his, his willingness to go to the cross, he then makes a way for us through his sacrificial death. To be in a deep relationship with God. To be in an awesome relationship with God. To be in a meaningful relationship with God. But here's the fact that many of us either don't realize or don't live into. We might realize that we just don't live into it. And that's this. The health and vitality of our vertical relationship with God impacts all of our horizontal relationships with other people. So you want better friendships? Deepen your relationship with God. You want a better marriage? Spend more time getting to know God. You've got tension at work or at school? Actually go to God and ask him to help you to understand how he's designed you and engineered you to be in relationships. Our vertical relationship with God will, will absolutely impact our horizontal relationships with other people. That's the way that we are designed. Because God is the awesome relationship engineer. He designed us. And he designed us to be in relationships with others. And the key to rich and soul-satisfying relationships is to do them his way. It's to key into what he has for us and then, and then do them his way. So let's look at this awesome God who's designed for us to be in relationships and let's see how how he wants us to be in those relationships. That's what we're going to do for the next few moments together. We're going to look at a, the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to look at a passage out of that where we just kind of clue into what God wants to say to us as it relates to a relationship. Now the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden. This is Genesis chapter 2, right at the very beginning of the Bible, verse 15. He put the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, Hey, Adam, You may freely eat of the fruit of of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat that fruit, you're sure to die. And the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Now that's a huge statement. And the reason it's a huge statement is because up to this point, everything God made, the Bible says it was good or very good. Like, he made so many things. He made the universe. He made the animals. He made everything. He made the ocean. He made everything. And the Bible kept saying, it is good, it is good, or it is very good. And then finally, he gets to mankind, and he makes one, and he said, yeah, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> no, it's not good. And the reason for that is because God designed us to, to be in community. He designed us to live in community. That's how you were engineered to live. You were not engineered to live in isolation. A car? engine, I know absolutely nothing about car engines, nothing. I'm as stupid as a stone. But this much I do know, I know that it takes oil, because if you don't have oil between the cylinders, you will burn up your engine very quickly. That's the way an engine was made to work, a gasoline engine. But here's the thing. In the exact same way, your life was engineered to be in community, not to be in isolation. That's fact. But then God goes on and he says, I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now, first of all, there's no doubt at all that men need help. It's right there in the Bible. Okay? We need help. But there's a tendency here if we're not careful to read that verse incorrectly. Some people read that verse and somehow get this idea that women are subservient to men. And that's not at all What that, what that verse says. As a matter of fact, do me a favor, turn to your neighbor right now and just say, You're about to get smarter. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor right now and say, You're about to get smarter. <laughs> you are. <Yeah>. Because <laughs> the, e- the Hebrew word there for helper is the word is there. Say, is there. is there. That's great. About five of you say it. Say it again Is there. Okay, great. Now, here's what's interesting this is not the only time that we see the word is there in the Bible. We actually see it again. In the middle of the Bible, in Psalm chapter thirty-three, verse twenty, as a, as another example, it's actually used a bunch of places, but that's just one of them. And this is what Psalm thirty-three, twenty, says: "We put our hope in the Lord; He is our what? Is there? He is our help and our shield." Now, God is certainly not subservient to me, not at all. It's just that one of the ways that God one of the ways that God comes to us is as our is there as our helper and as our guide. Well, in the same way, one of the aspects of a male-female relationship is, is that, th- that a, a woman helps just as a man helps a woman. And there's different roles that we play depending on our personalities. There are, there are just different roles. For instance, i married way over my head, just way over my head, and Mary is awesome. She's just incredible. And, and here's the thing I have to tell you. Um, uh, there are roles in our house, for instance, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, if there's a noise in the middle of the night, it's my role to take care of it, okay? Uh, when it comes to the kitchen, you don't want me making anything. I can barely make pancakes. That's about the sum total of what I can make. Now, I help in the kitchen. I do, a, I do at least half or if not more of the dishes. I help. I do the laundry. I'm very involved in that kind of stuff. I'm domestically educated, so I can do that kind of stuff. And I come alongside, and I'm a helper in that way, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you right now, I have a 17-year-old and a 16-year-old daughter, and if you're around that age and you're interested in my daughter, you better know how to do dishes and you better know how to do laundry because my daughters expect a future husband that's actually going to be a teammate with them and not someone who sits on their bum in a lazy chair and doesn't do anything. Sorry, that's not in my message. I just, just came out. <laughs> just came out. Sorry. But here's the deal. Women are equal to men in value, in worth, in meaning, and in purpose. Absolutely. So don't read that verse incorrectly, okay? Now, let's go on, okay? So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave the names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. What a fun process that must have been. But still, there was no helper just right for him. So, the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. And then the Lord, so he did surgery, right, on Adam. And then the Lord God made a woman from that rib and he brought her to the man. Verse 23, at last, the man exclaimed. Some, some translations translate that word at last. Wow! That's what it literally says. It's like, woo-hoo! God, this is awesome! Thank you so much. She's so much better than an aardvark. God, this is awesome. (laughs) And it goes on. This one is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken out of man. But here's the thing: we've got to see, we've got to see that relationships were God's idea. He engineered them. It was His idea. Verse 24, this explains why man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now, the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Well, why is that? Because there is nothing to hide, nothing to run from. There is no fear. Why? Because they were doing relationship God's way. Think about a typical romantic comedy. This morning, you know, last week was all about adventure. Today, is all about romantic comedy. Think about your typical plot of a romantic comedy. Couple meets, couple realizes they're attracted to each other, couple dates, the couple has sex, couple has drama, they break up, couple gets back together, and they live happily together forever. No issues whatsoever. Notice what verse 24 of Genesis chapter 2 does not say this explains why a teenage or young adult guy tries to have sex with as many people as he possibly can. 24 doesn't actually say that. Genesis two 24 doesn't say, this explains why a teenage or young adult girl has sex with a guy because she thinks her soul will be filled by him. This explains why people shack up with each other and then pretend it's no big deal. It doesn't say that. Nor does does it not say, or nor does it say, this explains why people live together so they can check it out before they actually commit to it. Now, can I just say, God is not embarrassed by sex. He created sex. It was his idea. He's not a prude. He designed physical intimacy. But he designed it to be experienced within the relationship that he engineered for it to be experienced within. Our society celebrates sex as if if it's everything. We have one night stands and we shack up and then we sack the relationship or we have an affair and the only person that we ultimately hurt is ourselves. As teens and young adults in 2021, we we give up the gift of virginity way too easily today. We trash our virginity instead of treasuring it. It's something to be treasured. Very quiet in this room. He's talking about sex. Virginity from stage. Our society talks about sex everywhere, on every commercial and every situation. If we can't talk about it at a church and God's designed for it, what is wrong with us? Sorry. (laughs) Actually, not sorry. Now, can I just say this? Some of you right now in this moment, You are feeling so much guilt and so much condemnation in this moment. Can I tell you, God is an amazingly loving and forgiving God, and he can make you whole again. So if you've made mistakes in the sexual area of your life, there's a God who's crazy in love with you and who invites you in to a a sense and a feeling of being fully, fully embraced by his love. Do not feel condemned. Feel invited into a relationship with Almighty God who wants you to experience. Because here's the deal. Our society pretends as if sex is going to fill up your soul, it will not fill up your soul. God fills up your soul. Sex can't. It can't fill up your soul. It was never designed by the engineer to do that. Bless you. That engineer of that expensive Lamborghini would say, you know what? The problem is not with the car. The problem is, is that the car was misused. In the same way, it's, the problem is not with sex. The problem is where sex is expressed in our society. Again, Adam says, wow, this one is bone for my bone and flesh for my flesh. But here's the deal. God does not want the wow to become foul. Chris, you're not aligned with society. You got your head in the sand, bro. No, you know what I do? I actually have my head in God's word cuz God's word is truth. And God's word is the thing that tells us where there's joy and abundance Where we can experience true soul satisfaction. And God's heart for you is that you would experience absolute soul satisfaction. Again, I've got a 17-year-old and a 16-year-old daughter at home. I get this. I'm living through this. I'm watching every guy very carefully right now. I'm watching them very carefully. Because I know. Because I used to be 17 years old. I know what's going through their head. I also know, and I'm, again, this is not a pride thing. I, I, I got married as a virgin. Not because I'm some heroic person, but simply because I wanted to honor God with that area of my life. And I'm telling my girls, if he really loves you, then, man, he will treat you with respect. I heard about a dad. I heard about a dad. It's a true story. It's a very true story. I heard about a dad. And uh, he was. Someone was dating his teenage daughter, and so he made an appointment with her and with this guy, with the guy that was dating his teenage daughter. Asked him to come to his office. And so the guy came to his office. Seventeen-year-old kid who wanted to date his daughter came to his office, and the dad made him wait out in the reception area for like fifteen minutes, just a sweat. And then finally brought the kid in. The kid came into his office, and the dad looked across the table from him and said, I just want you to know, this is not a a conversation for us to become best buds. That's not what this is about. I've done the research, and less than 1.5% of people that date in high school actually go on to get married. So I'm just wondering, how are you planning to treat my daughter who's going to be someone else's wife? I'm just wondering. I think that's so I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. It may, not, it may not align with society norms, but it does align with God's best for us because he engineered us. See, God says in Isaiah 55, 8, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. And again, I've already referenced it. I know the plans I have for you," says the Lord. "They're plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope." Now, one more thing about romantic comedies, and that's this: every relationship takes work. Where two or three are gathered, eventually there's going to be conflict, <laughs> right? There's not a question on whether or not. How many of you have? How many of you have been married more than a day, and you haven't had any conflict in your marriage? Anybody in the room? Because if you raise right, your hand right now, you're lying. I'm just saying, you're lying. And you're in church, okay? The only question is, will I allow the tension between either a marriage relationship or a co-working relationship or a relationship with a friendship or whatever, will I allow the tension to make me better or bitter? Oh, this is a whole message in itself that I don't have time to give this morning. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Some of you are walking around with bitterness in your spirit right now that's left over from something or someone that did something to you in your past. An ex-boss, an ex-spouse, an ex-friend, an ex-somebody, and it's still carrying around in your spirit, in your soul. And God wants to set you free from that. He does not want you walking around with this sense of bitterness and anger in your soul. Now, here's the thing that I think, ah, oh, Holy Spirit, if you could help us grab onto this and actually take it. Whenever I experience tension in a relationship, the Holy Spirit is inviting me to grow, to become more like Him and to receive His power to respond in the way that He wants me to respond. See, when there's tension between Mary and I, I can either focus in on Mary and wish that she would do something different or be something different, or I can ask Holy Spirit, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? If there's tension between me and a co-worker, I can either get mad at them or I can flip that and say, Holy Spirit, what are you wanting to teach me in this moment? Now I know that's backwards, friends. I get that. But here's the thing. If I'm actually going to trust the engineer, then what I have to trust him with is that he's trying to teach me. He's trying to do something inside of me. And what happens is, is that we focus so often on the other person, and that just causes us to become more and more angry and bitter when there's actually an invitation on the table from God himself to the power of Holy Spirit to say, Can I teach you in this moment? Can I teach you in this moment? Will you allow me to teach you what I want to teach you about being patient, about being forgiving? And I just got to tell you, I need this as much as anyone. There's not a person in this room who needs to hear this much more than I do. There's invitations on the table. Now, there may be boundaries that we need to set up. Maybe the person's being uh, abusive. And I'll just say this, if you're being abused in a relationship, then get out now. Get out now. If you're being abused, get out now. But if there's relationship tension, then allow Holy Spirit to do his work inside of you first. Allow him to say, hey, there may be things, Holy Spirit would whisper into our spirits, there may be things that I need to do in the other person's life, yes. But the invitation on the table for you is, will you allow me to do the things I want to do inside of you in this moment? You're so concerned about where the blame is going that they're 90% responsible, you're 10% responsible. And God is saying to us, but you're 100% responsible for responding to my Holy Spirit right now and what I'm wanting to teach you. That is so Look at this passage of Scripture. With this, we're going to land the plane. I'm going to ask in just a moment, Josh, to come up and pray for us. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved by God, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, just forgive them. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So, think about the tension you've got with some relationship in your life. What is the the Holy Spirit inviting you into? And saying to you, hey. Will you let me do my work inside of you? Now, here's the thing. You took the time to get up out of bed, to get all ready, to get dressed, and come here. I don't see anybody in their pajamas this morning. Congratulations, way to go. If you came this morning, can I encourage you to not just leave, to sing some songs, to laugh a little bit at a song, and then walk out those doors, the exact people that you walked in, Holy Spirit wants to meet with you in this space and in this time. Maybe over the area of your sexuality. Maybe He's calling you to a different life as it relates to your sexuality. And to put Him first in that area of your life. Maybe He's calling you to redefinition of what it looks like. To be his person in those relationships that are difficult. Maybe there's an invitation on the table for you, and instead of being so focused on the other person, you say, Holy Spirit, what do you wanna say to me? Josh, would you come? So would you do me a favor? Just bow your heads. Again, I want you to know there's all kinds of love and there's forgiveness. This is a place of grace. This is a place of, of new beginnings. Absolutely, do not condemn. Yourself. God is not a God who condemns, but he invites us in to new levels of understanding with him. And Josh is going to pray us through that in the next few minutes. Josh, if you that?
5: Lord, we, we just thank you so much for your love and your grace. And in fact, kind of as a, a framing for this moment, I want to read from Romans 8 over us and I want to just encourage the body to receive this where it says that I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love no power in the sky above or in the earth below indeed nothing in all creation (laughs) will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we frame, Lord, this moment of reflection and prayer around that reminder. <clears throat> because when, when we get into to things like relationship and conflict and sexual brokenness, it is so incredibly easy to just be buried by shame. And that is not your heart today for us. If there's any brokenness in our past, any sexual brokenness, any relational brokenness, it is not your intent for us to to be buried in shame. It's your intent for us to recognize the love, the profound, everlasting, unfailing love that you have for each one of us. And for us to begin, begin to dig and pursue and, and chase towards freedom, the freedom that you have for us, for, for wholeness. And so, Lord, I, I would just ask, you know, everybody that's in this room today, we, we bring different things to the table relationally speaking. There, there's just such a wide variety of things that, that could be going on, and, and Holy Spirit, I just ask in this moment that you, in, in the heart of each individual, each person that's interacting with you right now, that you would bring to light those, those things that, that we need to lift to you for redemption or wholeness or forgiveness. A reframing maybe i love what pastor chris said about when we enter into conflict with another human being so often we concentrate on on hoping that they change lord change their heart and to spend that question on ourselves and to ask lord what, what what am i learning in this who are you making me into through this conflict who are you shaping me into how How can I be more like you? And so, Lord, I just ask that you in this moment would would just help us connect to the wisdom found in the scriptures to to put on those pieces of clothing of, of humility and love and kindness and compassion and that you would help us pursue wholeness and healing and love. Lord, we're about ready to sing a couple of songs that remind us of the love that you had for us. We're about ready to sing a song about how you pursued us, that that you even did some things that would have been considered reckless in order to bring us back into a whole relationship with you. And so Lord, as we sing these songs, As we reflect upon your love, I would just ask that you would allow that love to just pour out on this place that we would be so filled up that it would just spill over and would have significant ripple and impact on the relationships that we have in our lives. That we would hand our shame and guilt to you and step fully in the love and freedom that you have for us. Uh, Jesus, we love you. You're the best. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to worship.
1: I won't forget the wonder of how you brought deliverance, the exodus of my heart. As you found me. You freed me, held back the waters from my release. oh Yahweh. You're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea, you have led me Loud by day is a sign that you are with me. The fire by night is a light to my feet. You found me. You found me. You freed me. Held back the waters from my release. Oh, yeah. Just one word You calm the storm that surrounds me Just one word The darkness has to retreat Just one touch I feel the presence of heaven Just one touch my eyes are open to see, my heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can't do, there's not a mountain that He can not move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way, there's nothing that our God can't do. Just one word, just one word. You heal what's broken inside. Oh, just one word, and you revive every dream. Yeah, just one touch, I feel the power of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes were open. But that. There's nothing that I can't do. There's not a The Let all the cream. There's no power like the power.
3: There is nothing that our God can't do. So glad that you have joined us today and hope today has been encouraging for you, that you have found great meaning in studying the word, worshiping with us, praying along with us, and that has deepened your relationship with God and with others. We would love to continue to connect with you beyond this time that we've just had here. You can go to Heritage QC uh, slash connect at any point in time. You can fill out a connect card, and that's a great way to get a hold of us if you want to talk to one of our pastors, if you want to sign up for a class or a group, or just have any other kind of question that you're interested about in your own spiritual journey. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we have lots of great activities and different things that we post there to encourage you throughout your week along your spiritual journey as well. Also on heritageqc.com, You can also give a great way to continue to support ministries just like this one uh, to serve you and also the rest of the Quad City area and beyond. Again, we're so grateful for you, the ways that you invest in us, the ways that you invest in others, and the ways that you continue to live the love of God out into the world. Have a great week, everybody.